When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. You're listening to a Score North podcast right now, and if you're a business owner, so are your customers. In fact, I could be talking about your business right now, telling the tens of thousands of loyal fans about you and sending them to your business. Find out how you can partner with your favorite Score North podcast. Visit scorenorth.com now and enter keyword partner. Fill out the form, and we'll get in touch with you quickly. Once Phil, Judd, Declan, or others start talking about your company, you'll be amazed at how many fans start showing up. So visit scorenorth.com now and enter keyword partner. TCL is a proud sponsor of the Score North Studios. TCL, America's fastest growing TV brand. Hockey, yeah, yeah. My favorite. It's Judd's Hockey Show. You never know when to expect it. It's another edition of Judd's Hockey Show. Zolgat, Declan Goff here. We uh, we thought we were going to take a lot of July off. We didn't, obviously. The Wild caused that by making a GM change. And now, Declan, we are back because training camp gets underway next week. Bill Guerin is now your GM. Uh, Boudreaux is now the coach, and um, I'm gonna give, so I'm gonna make a statement to you off the top, and, and you okay. take it from there, wherever, whatever direction you would like to take it in. With the GM change, I am now back to, and I'm not optimistic that 2019-20 is going to be a good season for the Wild, but I am now back to basically wait and see mode. So, does Leopold back off on Bill Guerin? Does Bill Guerin now um, repair things? Uh, as far as making, as far as being upset about what, what was transpiring or not transpiring, I think we sort of have to hit the stop button and the reset button again. So there is nothing going into this episode of uh, Judd's Hockey Podcast that I'm extremely worked up about. I would say right now I fall way more into a curiosity standpoint when you make a GM change this close to starting your season. Well, now it's now you're in, like you said, you're in the wait and see kind of. Let's see how these chips fall. And training camp's now around the corner. You've gone through this circus of your GM change. Uh, now, like you said, how's this team going to shake out? Who's going to get cut? How are the lines going to look? And I know we love reckless speculation with line changes. It's very hockey nerd of us. Well, and we broke down the lines on an entire yeah. podcast, but that was before Fenton got Exa- fired, right? Exactly, we did. We did. So now it's with training camp around the corner and with so many bodies in training. I, I really can't remember a time where there is so many players fighting for spots and there's not a superstar either. So it's, it's almost like this convoluted mess of a bunch of top nine players, but really no one going into training camp you're looking at like, wow, I'm going to see if this guy can make the jump to a top three line or make a significant impact. It's more of who's going to get these last roster spots. And at this point in time, though, that to me is fine. Yeah. Because it doesn't matter. Right. Like, there's nothing you're doing here. If you really think, and, and of course, Boudreaux and the players can't think th- this way, um, publicly at least. If you really thought to yourself, well, man, this is sort of weird because it's convoluted and this team should be good, then that would be odd. Yes. But this is about for Garen and for Bruce, and uh, I know that Bruce is going into the last year of his contract, and I think Bruce deserves to stay if Bruce wants to stay. But for the management of the Wild now, I think they're at a point where they can go in and say, we're going to look at a ton of people, and that's absolutely fine. 
And we, we've got to make decisions about uh, guys as players, personality-wise, because this team needs tweaks there, and they have for a long time. And I did use that word tweaks very much on purpose. But um, to me, that's absolutely fine. And, and so as training camp starts, they've got a blank slate. I don't expect them to make the playoffs. If they're going to make it as a, as an eighth wildcard seed, you might as well probably not because they are, ladies and gentlemen, they're not the St. Louis Blues. They're not going to shock yeah, not, you. Sorry. That, that's not going to happen. So... The fact that they're going to go in with, with veterans and with some young players, and, and this week they announced that they had signed uh, Drew Stafford to a PTL, which just means he's in for essentially a tryout. Yeah. I'm fine with. I'm fine with, and if it works, that's great, and if it doesn't, that's great. There are so many questions to be answered here that really go beyond 2019-20 that it's not like the first day of training camp or Heck, I'll pick an arbitrary date. January 15th is really that important to the future of this franchise immediately. Everything this franchise does now has to be built around how can we get to where we want to go eventually. Right. And to borrow a phrase from you, with the Stafford PTO and with a bunch of young players, and then you have a penciled-in top line that's probably going to be one of the oldest in the NHL, I, I borrow a phrase from you, you know, what is the plan here? But I don't mean it really in a, in a sinister way. It's like you said, I really want to just sit back and watch how this develops because, look, I, Drew Stafford two years ago was a 20-goal scorer. I mean, he and at one point was a 30-40-goal scorer in Buffalo and was a nice piece on Winnipeg when they were rebuilding. It just, to me, I I can just see it spinning in my head that Drew Stafford is going to be a guy who shows up and maybe just because of his veteran presence bumps down a young kid. And I am just, for, for the state of this team right now, I'm so sick of the, well, more competition is good and the hockey cliche of that crap. I just want young kids getting opportunities instead of just having Drew Stafford make it. And I, I do think it's a very small chance that Drew Stafford does make this team. I think it's pretty small. He'd have to show a lot, and someone would have to show a, a little a little effort to really for him to propel it on, on the active roster. But you have this bunch of players on the left who are super young and, and up-and-coming and are in, entering prove-it seasons. And then, yeah, you have the olders on the right that are just are, are you're locked into them because of their contracts. It just I, I, I want to see how this mess essentially plays out by the end of training camp. So off that point, a couple thoughts go through my mind. Number one is, is Garen going to have a different effect on Leopold as far as telling him the truth, which is we got work to do here. Like if right. you think like like if you hired me to make the playoffs th- this year, you're you're wrong. That's not how it's going to work. Um, if we do, we're probably going to back in. So that's question one. And again, until we see that right now, I have no clue. Number two is, if you recall, I think it was, and it was probably in an interview at some point in the last year or year and a half with Michael Russo of The Athletic now that Bruce Boudreaux talked about, said, I'd like to keep this job. And if it's a rebuild, that's cool. I'm fine with that. So I guess my other question is, if Garen has told Leopold, hey, I'm doing something here. Buzz off. Don't talk to me about it. I, it. This is my baby. I'll tell you when the time is right. And then he tells Bruce, Bruce, I like you, or I want to observe you. Probably more fair. I want to observe you, but, you know, there's not pressure to win right now. Then I'm going to come away and say that's absolutely correct. That's right. fine. Now, if everybody puts it in hyperspeed mode to say, oh, my God, let's just make the playoffs so we can sell tickets at the X, you got a problem. Yeah. But I'm not going to assume that that is the case. And if Bruce – so if Bruce was – old school Bill, Bill Musselman with the Wolves or Jacques Lemaire. Yeah. Because those guys could milk wins. But, and hey, 2003 was a fun playoff run. 
But those things also set you back because those are years that you should be accumulating high draft picks. So if Bruce was just like, I'm going to try and win, and I'm keeping Stafford because I want to win, and I want to win, I think you got a problem. Yeah. But he also left the door open, as I just told you at one point, for if this is a rebuild, I'm cool with that. I would just like to be part of that. I've never done that before. So to me, this is now all about us taking a step back and saying, observationally, what are you going to do? So I still don't know the plan, but I'm not frustrated now. Because if everything is falling into place as it should, there might be a pretty good plan. Right. And I like, like you said, I want Bruce Boudreaux to have the leash. If this is a rebuild, give him the leash, give him the year. And also, if, if it's a fit, if it still works, extend him. And I, I, I just don't want to see Bruce Boudreaux get the plug pulled out of him just because either Leopold thinks the team isn't improving enough or, 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 or something where they end the season and, again, they're just on the 10th, they're just on the cusp of doing it, and they think a change is needed. I truly think Bruce Boudreaux is the right man for this job, and he's the best coach the Wild have had since Jacques Lemaire. So you got to give him a leash, and you got to give him the opportunity to have players come in and let him dictate where they're going to go. And last year you saw towards the end when Paul Fenton made all those changes with Pontus Aberg and even Fiala and, and, all, and Brad Hunt, and some of them played well. Hunt played well, but... I, want, I don't want to see a GM come in and say, play my guys. And I don't want Bruce to be like, well, I'm just going to play these guys because I've acquired them and I want them to show that these guys can play hockey. No, Bruce, I want you to kind of have the cojones to say, I don't care if you trade it for these guys. If they're not ready to play, they're not going to play. But Dave, that, that's where, the, and this did not happen with Fenton and Bruce, that's where the GM and coach have to be hand in hand. Correct, on the same page. Paul yes. was getting, Paul was in some cases, and I'm again, I'll say this, I'm not saying across the board that Paul made all bad trades. I don't think he necessarily did. But Paul was also bringing in guys he liked, and Bruce was almost playing them to spite Paul to say, True. if you want to see how bad this guy sucks, I'll play him. <laughs> Pontus Aberg was played to show he couldn't play. Right. Like that was a... Hey, listen, moron, if you're going to get this guy, that's good. No, I'm serious. And, yeah. and then who, who was the, the defenseman he got? Not Brad Hunt, because he actually, you're right, played well when they got him from Vegas. But there was a defenseman who had been with Nashville. I forget his name. It doesn't matter at this point. But I think Bruce played him above Sealer, right, at one yeah, point? Yeah, got knocked out of the and last And Sealer, who last. I really like. Right. But I think that was done to be like, okay, you want to see he can't play? I'll prove to you he can't play. And so he played him. So... My hope now is that, despite the fact that they have not worked together previously, that Bill Guerin and Boudreaux have a relationship where things are done in sync. And you know what? They might be. Because the way Fenton acted lots of times was not the norm. Like, that's not a healthy norm. Um, So this might work out just fine. But as training camp starts and you've got all, all these guys competing for jobs potentially, uh, the one thing I do like is I have no problems if you want to push people. Like if you want to push Greenway or yeah. Conan, I don't think you need to push. No, I don't think so. But if you want to push that young core, that's fine. But you do need to play them. Yeah. And, and if you do come away on opening night saying, well, we got this this long in the tooth forward and we're going to play him instead because we're, we're going to try to milk wins. Bruce should also be told unequivocally that – between Craig and Bill Guerin, you will not be fired during the course of the season. So if we're in last place at Thanksgiving, no one gets fired Correct. for this. That, it, that would be – so if you want to take the Judd Zolgad leash to its shortest point, if they were to make a change at Thanksgiving, I'd freak out, and here's why. We've proven before that a lot of this group can be milked for wins. Yeah, and Boudreaux's good at that. No, but I'm yeah. saying – Sudden change. Yeah. When Yo got fired. Yeah. 
that group of dogs turned it around. That was only because they were dogs. Right. So if you're going to fire Bruce because you're in last place and give the job to an assistant or a Billy Garen buddy to milk wins, which this group has, can do for a short period of time, that's a bunch of garbage. But if you tell Bruce going in, you're not going to be fired. We don't care. You're just not going to be. And that Bill's going. Now, if Bill Guerin gets to April 15th and doesn't like you, then he'll make a change. Correct. That would be entirely fair. You know, we've seen that in, in this town before. But that would be the only way I think that I would freak out short term is if you made a change based on your start and said, oh, no, this isn't right. We can get in the playoffs. Then you're making a mistake. But until we see that, yeah. I'm totally calm. And I think some people think that this team is too good to bottom out. There's still a little. There's still some players, and I I can get down with that. I don't think they're like the worst constructed roster in the league no, by I, any means. I'm with you. Right. I mean, they they can still be a ninth, tenth place flirt with a wild card kind of team. Absolutely. However, if things do go south, which is plausible, then you're going to have to understand that state of hockey. Bill Guerin, Boudreaux, Leopold. You have to understand that. All right, here we go. The process is starting now. We're getting bad. We're going to get some top draft picks over the couple years. And that might have to be another Craig Leopold message to the fans like, hey, stick with us. Well, we have a plan the, here. Just stop with the messages. Yeah, that's true, too. I, I, don't, wanna, I don't need to here, see that. Here, if I'm the Wilds uh, communications department, here's my, here's my statement to all my right. fan base. We have dubbed ourselves and used this phrase a thousand times by now, and we're all sick of, of it, the state of, of hockey. Yeah. If we are, you won't go away. And if you do go away... We will untrademark that statement, bury it in the ground, and never use it again, which I, by the way, would love because yeah, I'm sick would. of that stupid statement. Yeah. But seriously, just go, just come out and say, if you're a hockey fan, that's great. And we'll stick with yeah. yeah, but I'm done. Stop telling me you're going to be good. Right. Stop with that. Um, but you're going down an interesting path. So here's what Garen has, and we, we've never discussed this before. And I don't think Fenton was capable of doing this, and I think Fletcher sort of knew, but he couldn't do it. The other interesting thing is, because you bring up a really, really good point, this team could be the eighth-place team in the Western Conference. Now, the Central Division is incredibly yep, tough. really tough. But let's just say they, they are. No one's going to be shocked, because you're right again. The roster, is not, the roster is not constructed to a point where you can tear it apart, so you could be okay. But where this gets really tricky and where this gets really intriguing is this one. If you're going to be a playoff team now, you need to be a two-track team. And by that, I mean this. You need to get in the playoffs as a regular season team. But think about the teams in the playoffs that win. They're not necessarily always great regular season teams. Correct. Now, now they need certain areas. You need a center, number one center. Wild does not have that. You need a goaltender who can potentially stand on his head. Consistently. Consistently. Wild does not have that. Yeah. Um, but here's the other thing. As much as I like Jared Spurgeon, for instance, and I think he's a great story. Unbelievable. I mean, he's a small little, small little guy who's been great. But is Jared Spurgeon a playoff player? I have no clue. He's a little guy. Look at the look at the teams, and it's not it's not gooning it up at all. Yeah. But look at the teams in the playoffs that win. Big defensemen like Dumba, I think, is a prototypical playoff player. Oh yeah. But that's my two track thing because you need a team that can get in the playoffs. But like if the Wild sneaks in as and and the problem is this was Fletcher's problem. He built a one track team. Yeah. He built a team that could get in the playoffs, but would shrink then in the playoffs. Like, that's not a mistake that they got ousted. They didn't get upset, right? They got ousted because they didn't have the two tracks. 
And the second track is your most important track to winning a cup. And that's what, if you're Garen, who, by the way, has four Stanley Cups, two as a player, so he knows exactly what that takes. That's what, if, if we're going to have this conversation of, okay, but let's say they make the playoffs. Well, they're out again, first round, maybe second, if they get a gift from God. So that is the other thing. If we're going to have this talk, they could be a playoff team. But I don't want to build a playoff team. Or I don't want to build a team that can make the playoffs. I want to build a team that can win in the playoffs. Right. And that's where Garen's job is extremely difficult and tricky and is interesting. And I don't think what you're saying about Jared Spurgeon, that's not an indictment necessarily on him. And, no. And or that does not hurt his, if we went down the path of a trade, that doesn't hurt his trade value. Any team would love to have Jared Spurgeon as their top on their top defensive pair. And I think he fits in on every team's top defensive pair if you were trying to acquire and looking for that. And if he's on your second pair, even better. I mean, that's even more depth. But you're right that the, the Wild were good enough to make the playoffs in the regular season, but they were extremely beatable in the postseason. I mean, even the one, the second year with Boudreaux when they were 100-point team and they had home ice advantage against the Blues, they got beat by the Blues, and that wasn't a fluke. And why? They got beat because, yes, Jake Allen played well. Yeah. But, they all, but look, at where the shot, look at the shot charts. Easy, yeah. And look at where he had to make saves from, and look at the size of the Blues defenseman in that series, and it's, it's it's basketball basically. Yeah, the Wild was taking. Unfortunately, in the National Hockey League, there's no three point shots, so the Wild was taking three pointers, which are useless. But they couldn't drive to, they couldn't get to the net. Yeah. So yeah, this was. Uh, if you go go watch playoff games from last year, and then go watch the Wild when in the last five years they've been their best team, and your jaw will drop at how far away this is from being that was being constructed as a playoff team. So that's Garen's job. Yeah. Because I don't care if you if they build a President Trophy <laughs> winning team cur- as currently sort of constructed, you're not going to win the playoffs. Yeah, I agree. But this is a deep. This is a way more nuanced. Correct. We're 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 doing we're doing Harvard work here yeah. with the program that right now is probably St. Cloud State. There it is. I knew that was coming at me. Um, th- and that's exactly what it is. They were very beatable when even when they. Had their two first round wins, the the, the miracle, the amazing—I shouldn't say miracle—the ma- amazing series against Colorado, and then they made easy work against the Blues when they first played them. But they ran to Chicago, they ran to top end talent, and they just got beat. They were finessed and beat. And those players, the supplemental players, the Gramlins, Ninos, Coils, they plateaued. That's what that was their peak. They never took another step. They never did. So that's why the trades had to be made, and that's where when I look at the, the Wilds draft history, I don't think the Wild have necessarily had a horrible draft system, but when you look back in the last nine years, it's not very it's, good. It's not good. No. It, it, and it I was, saw your Twitter and it was, it's under And right. it was underachieving. That's, I think, the perfect word to use it. It was underachieving. So then what did you have to do? You had to sell draft picks. You had to get free agents. You had to basically supplement that roster because you, your draft picks weren't home runs. And I'm not saying everyone has to be a home run, but you didn't even get a triple. Like, you, you only got a double out of all those players. So that's where, like, I was, when, when Fletcher made the trades, shredding first-round picks, like, in the moment, I understood and I was happy with it. Looking back on it now, obviously, it's like, well, man, where did that really get us? And that really hurt the team but long those, term. But would those picks have turned out to be good picks? Because also that's, true. Because that's debatable as well. Correct. And I saw you you were fighting with a slew of people on Twitter about this, but your point about Spurgeon. Now, that's a great find, but they got him off the scrap yeah, heap. That's a dark basically. Board. And the other thing, too, is for anyone who brings up the Blues, okay, if St. Louis calls me right now, if they call me and tell me to call Bill Guerin and say, 
we're tired of Ryan O'Reilly. You can have him. Then my opinion changes completely. Correct. Because the Blues were gifted. Now, now th- that's also what the Wild has not done. They haven't gone and robbed somebody blind. Buffalo made a terrible, terrible trade. It's an awful trade, and it made the Blues. But it gave them, as bad as the Blues were in early January of 2019, it gave them that piece of the puzzle that the Wild, if, if you consider the construction of a playoff roster to be a puzzle, I guess my question becomes what pieces of that puzzle does the Minnesota Wild currently have? They don't have that center, which is absolutely imperative to have. I do like their blue line. Yeah, their defense is the best thing they have going for I them. do like their blue yeah. line, and I think Dumba's going to be a star. Yeah. If, Dumba, if Dumba, if everything stays on track there, I think Dumba's going to be. I, I think he's great. Yep. Um, is he going to do some stupid things? Yes. Am I, does Burns, Brent Burns, Burns do stupid, stupid. things? Yes. Absolutely. Yeah. Uh, but the piece of the puzzle on, on the back end, do they have a playoff goaltender? Absolutely not. He hasn't shown um, it. And the, the other problem is he expects to play a lot in the regular season, and then now that's not the trend. So, like, if you look at how these successful teams are trending, uh, there's a lot of work to be. But, again, Bill Guerin comes from Pittsburgh. He's seen all this. He knows all this. He played on Stanley Cup teams. Granted, not in this era, but he played on them. So my hope is and my patience comes from the fact that let's wait and see because he very well might – be on board with all of these things and might know and might be telling Craig Leopold, here's what I have to do. Yeah. So, and, and this is where it gets really interesting with Jared Spurgeon, right? Because his contract negotiation, which have apparently have started, he sat down with uh, Garen and Leopold, according to Michael Russo of The Athletic. So the conversations have started. But I do wonder if, if I think, you know, the season opener is what, October 3rd or whatever it is. If there's not a contract in place by the season opener, I think the writing may, might be on the wall. Okay. I think that's a hard deadline a, to get that done. I got a question for you just off this entire thing. Wouldn't you be tempted to try to trade him no matter, like, just, I don't understand it. He seems to me to be a great tradable object. Yeah. Now, I'm not trading Dumba. I, I think Dumba has a, and I like Jared Spurgeon, but Jared Spurgeon's value is never going to be higher. Correct. You need to make trades. Like, this, and this is the piece. Yes, and this do it. this is such a great piece to make a trade yeah. with. Your def- I just there are elements of this team I would not move. Not many, but there are. But Declan, wouldn't you trade him? I would. And I'm not saying right this second. Yeah. But he's a he is a man. He's a right. good little player. And but and, you could turn him into a you oh, could yeah. turn him into a hell of a player. Yeah. And look, Jared Spurgeon is a is a very key cog in this team. And if you take him away, the blue line suffers, the team suffers. I can totally get down with that. But you have to recognize that this team is in salary cap hell. And even though Spurgeon's a nice player, and I see his game being consistent for a long time. Might I mean, like you said, it might be peaking right now, but I don't see a, a big decline coming Oh, he's to a Jared. good player. I'm not, Very good player. I'm not denigrating right. him at all. Yeah. So you, the Wild really have to recognize that if you extend Jared Spurgeon, and look, Jacob Truba just, I think, set the market with an insane $8 million contract, which I don't believe any, he is deserving of. So if that is the floor, if, if that's what Spurgeon is asking for or wanting, the Wild cannot give that. that it's the same thing with Granlin, right? They knew they had to part with Granlin because they're not going to be able to afford him. And Spurgeon is going to cost even more money than Granlin. So it's a hard sell. I know fans don't want to get rid of Jared Spurgeon because he's a very important piece to this team. But I look at it as, like you said, it's the most marketable asset they have. They can get something back, and it's slow. I think it starts to strip down the wallpaper of of the current roster, and you can start doing the rebuild. I would say if there is not a contract by the season opener, he's gone in February. All right, I'm looking at uh, capfriendly.com. 
right now, which is an outstanding site. Oh, great one, yeah. Uh, the Wild, according to Cap Friendly, actually is not in terrible shape salary cap-wise with 20 guys under contract right now. Um, they have seven, essentially $8 million. So that's not that's not terrible. They have a contract to but play with. I just think as far as your roster goes, you need to be making changes that are geared towards the future. Again, I, I, I urge people, think of this as... Your ultimate goal is to win a Stanley Cup. So so think of the roster construction on two planes here. And the most important one is your playoff roster construction. And you don't have anything close to a playoff roster. So if you make it as a 7 or 8 seed, you're just going to get bounced. Yeah. That's not what you want. There is a lot of work to be done here. And I don't even say this in a negative way. I say this in a very uh, neutral type of take a step back here. Or go watch the playoffs again and look at those teams. I'll give you a perfect e- example. If somebody called you right now from Calgary and offered you Johnny Goudreau, you would take him. Oh, Johnny yeah. Goudreau's a hell of a player. Guess hell what? Yeah. He was completely shut down in the playoffs and became a mental midget because of the fact that they basically ran him the entire series. Yeah. And it's not cheap. It's allowed. So, that, so that's your problem. I mean, if I played the Wild in a playoff series, I'm not saying that this would be simple, but Jared Spurgeon wouldn't move without me putting an elbow in his chops every single time. Now, if I do that to Dumba... He's going to hit me back. Yes, and, and it, it's going to hurt. Jared Spurgeon can hurt me with his play, but if I basically suffocate him and hit him and beat him up, he's going to get frustrated, and, and he's too small to do a thing about it. Correct. That's my point. You need, you need guys. I mean, Goudreau literally, and, and I talked about that with, with Lou on the podcast that we did throughout the course of last season. I said, I would just beat Goudreau up. And they did. And they did. They literally beat they him listened up. listened to this podcast. They did. And the genius of it was they... They slashed his hands constantly, which he hates because I think he broke his hand. Yep. But teams do that, and there's nothing he can do about it because they're not going to call that. Right. They're not going to call. There's nothing Goudreau could do. He went from being an elite regular season player who you would take in a heartbeat. You'd take him right now. But he went from being that to being a mental mess. Yep. He was bitching and moaning and complaining, and that's all he could do because he was constantly getting beat up. If I play Jared Spurgeon, if he gets to round two, I do nothing but suffocate him, slash him. And there's nothing he can do to me. Right, and there and there hasn't been. And look, Jared Spurgeon's like we said, a great player, but there hasn't been any really reason to believe that he can succeed in the playoffs. So, so or you, you could shut him down in the playoffs. He's yet to show. He's yet to show, and he's faced adversity. Well, the that Wild he can, as a whole is always exactly. Not, not, that, that, that's the point. Is right, they, yeah. they have a very mentally weak roster. Correct. So you have to start stripping things down. It's almost like you're looking back at the high school days, and you got a lot of good buddies, but then there's a few of them that are just. You got to cut your losses. High school man. friends overrated. By exactly. The way. I mean, I like some. Yeah, of them. I like I like a couple. Overrated. So th- that's the same thing, man. You just got to cut ties. You got to cut ties. But don't where... you think Billy Garen has a really good chance of knowing that? Yeah, I think he does. He's I been really around think it. He does until he proves that he can't do it or doesn't see it. the The most important thing is, has he gotten to Leopold and told him the truth? I, I don't know. I have no idea. I don't know either. And I think that's where that's where Madonna's influence, I think, is so. Important to the team. I think, like you said, if Garen and, and Madonna are basically in hand-in-hand, hand, uh, I'm, I'm excited for what could happen. I, and that's where Leopold needs to butt out, and that's where that conversation has to start. But maybe maybe that has to do with, uh, let's see how this team plays in the first two months of the season, and now can, can you let me do what I want to do here? Are you, I, I, I shouldn't even have to ask for permission, but can you, let, can you back off and let me run this organization and let me do the necessary tweaks that I have to do to make this team a better team in the long run? That's what I want to see. Wild 2019-20 uh, slogan to its fans, buzz off. Buzz off. To every, the ownership, to the, to the fan buzz base, off. buzz off. Media, even we us. Don't, we don't want to hear from go you. Go for it. We I'm don't want to hear it. from you. We're doing, or how about this, buzz off, comma, 
under construction. <laughs> or even just under construction, I like, too. I, I wouldn't just be think surprised. That, yeah, but I, so, and, and again, to those who are listening to, to this and are about to DM me, I like Jarrett Spurgeon. I think he's a nice player. Yes. But if he can get me in a trade, what I consider to be a potential number one center, I'm, listening. I'm thinking long and hard, and I like my blue line. And you know what? Ryan Suter ain't going away. And he's still a nice piece to yep. have. Yep. I love Dumba. Going to make some dumb plays, but he's also got a howitzer of a shot. Yep. Everybody would take him in a heartbeat, Indeed. right? Indeed. Like, you've got some nice pieces back there. So I think that's the one thing. Because there's nobody, if you think about it forward-wise, there's nobody else who you are now going to move who's going to get you much. Correct. You're, you're, you're stuck with that top Unless line. Greenway's value, or shockingly, has like, gone through the roof, but right. I don't think it has. And, the, and yeah, so... And I, veterans aren't. Exactly. And I think the last domino, too, is, and I think it's going to get done, but it's just been a weird year for RFAs, but Fiala's the last one to get done. Well, no, the, the RFA just, market is... But it's weird. Marner's not done, which I guess is not shocking, but he's he's not done. If, if you look, the, we're about to start training camps, and the market remains saturated with RFAs. Yeah, so, so something something's really wacky with, with that. And if I don't know if that's Fiala being like, I don't want a bridge deal, I want a multi-year deal. Well, dude... You have not earned that. But there's right. got to be a league-wide thing. Why nothing? Clearly, done, something right? something's up. Just like with baseball, something but this is, is not, going on. This is not a, a Fiala. This no, is true. True. This is somehow. I don't know if agents are looking for something, but bridge deals would seem it's, to be. I think it's a great idea. I think I wish sports would do that more with bridge deals. I I, I think Fiala has nothing to lose signing a bridge deal, and the so. Wild has nothing to gain by trying to lock him up long term until they know that they want him and that he can score. Yeah. I mean, well, in hell, go out and score thirty five goals, dude. If you sure. do that, guess what you're going to get a huge contract. Huge contract. The Marner one's a little bit different because he's an elite player already and, right now. And, and I don't know what Toronto has been doing with their salary well, cap I mean, in general. Nealander last year became a complete mess. Exactly. And same thing and he was never he got back and was never the same now he might be fine uh this coming year but all right anything else before we wrap things up here uh, i don't believe so I'm, I'm i'm just excited for training camp vikings are starting wilder around the corner that next thing you know the wolves will be around the corner chill twins, in the air baby twins will oh, hopefully wait. be in october you really did bring up the wolves being i had to you know I, they're gonna win like 20 games uh so will the wild so yeah wow <laughs> bold hockey prediction all right he's declan i'm judd judd's hockey show talk to you later Call it Duty Modern Warfare is here, and so is Mountain Dew. Roger that. Now you can unlock in-game rewards like only Dew can. Wait, what rewards? A Dew Operator Skin. Man, I love Operator Skins. Dual double XP, and even Call of Duty points. You're kidding me. Double XP and Call of Duty points? This is incredible. I can't believe it. Soldier, get a hold of yourself. Oh, roger that. Look for specially marked packaging and visit mtndugaming.com for details and restrictions. Open to U.S. Residence 17 Plus. Call of Duty points available on 12 and 24 packs and free 20 and 23. Whether it's Baker's Simple Truth Turkey or Mac and Cheese with Murray's English Cheddar or pie made with fresh Cosmic Crisp apples, there are many dishes we look forward to sharing during the holidays. And Baker's has all the fresh ingredients you need to turn today's holidays into tomorrow's memories. Baker's, fresh for everyone. Get more ways to save at the Buy 5 or More Save $1 each sale. Just buy 5 or more participating items and save a dollar each with card. Bakers, fresh for everyone.